Well, welcome to Life Church today. I want to welcome those that are watching us online and also the West Campus and the Germantown Campus. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to Proverbs chapter 27. I'm going to get there in just a minute. Proverbs chapter 27. Um, today, uh, we're in the second week of this three-week series on the, the subject of, uh, is there an app for that? And we're talking this weekend about the application of direction or of guidance. And, uh, and, and I want to say two things at the very beginning. One is if you are really wanting some more in-depth information on this subject, uh, and I would recommend a book to you by Andy Stanley called The Principal Path or The Path of the Principal. Uh, just a great read on this subject. And I'm actually going to kind of take a, a scriptural construct that he uses kind of as a springboard uh, to, uh, to launch uh, my weekend message and the thought today. And, and I want to start with this question. If you were 17 again, and you could give yourself advice on life, what advice would you give? If you were 17 again, and you could give yourself advice on life, what, what advice would you give? I don't think anybody in the room would argue that, um, quite frankly, it probably would be easier to do this life the second time around with having the benefit of experience. Unfortunately, we are put in situations to make decisions that, quite frankly, uh, we don't get that benefit. It's kind of like marriage. And I, I do premarital counseling with, with young couples, and they're getting married, and, and, and you can see it in their eyes, and love is in the air, and the whole deal. And, and you just go, you know, uh, you're making a decision about who you're going to spend the rest of your life with outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ, the single most important decision that you'll make. And, and how do you know that you're picking the right person? How do you know? And when you ask married people, well, how do you know? They always just say, you know. What does that mean, right? And we make all kinds of decisions and situations where we're required to make decisions that, quite frankly, we don't have the, the experience or the exposure to really make decisions, but they're huge, huge, huge decisions. And the tendency when we make those kinds of decisions are to make decisions basically taking the path of least resistance, the tendency is, is that we make decisions basically taking the path of least resistance. And so uh, that's not always the best way, but that typically is our human nature. And what winds up happening is we make some wrong decisions. And nine out of ten times when I talk to someone about a life decision that they've made, I ask them, hey, was there any red flags, anything that really popped out? Nine out of ten times they'll say, yeah, there were some red flags. I, I didn't feel right about this. I knew I should have asked more questions. I knew I should have investigated this a little bit further. This didn't make sense to me. I couldn't quite close the loop here. And what happens is, is when we make these decisions in life, and we make decisions that are wrong, life gets more and more complicated, more and more messy. Um, and, and, and the reality is, is that we have this mindset that goes, well, you know, well, let me back up. Well, why, why did you make the wrong decision? Why, well, why did you just go forward with it? And, and here's the response. I just thought it would all work out. Right? I just thought somehow it'll all just kind of work out. It'll kind of figure itself out. It'll kind of work out. And life does work out. But the problem is, is that it's not typically the outcome that we want. It's not really what we really were hoping for. It just kind of gets, again, more and more and more complicated and more and more and more in a situation where it just gets messy. And so how do you avoid 
uh, these complicated outcomes? How do you avoid these messy um, outcomes? How, how do you, these wrong decisions, these misdestinations? Well, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12, gives us a passage of Scripture, just one verse I'm going to give you this weekend, that gives us some great insight on how to make decisions that have guidance. Let's read it together. Uh, the Bible says that the prudent see danger and they take refuge, but the simple keep going and they suffer for it. The prudent see danger and they take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Now, the Bible says there's two kinds of people. Two kinds of people. It divides all of humanity into two simple groups of people. One is the prudent. Prudent means wise. And they're wise because they view that life is connected, that today's connected to tomorrow, that decisions that are made today affects tomorrow, that life is all connected. And many times when prudent or wise people ask or make decisions, they ask this question of themselves. In light of my past experiences, in light of what I know, and in light of what my future, what I, what I desire for my future, what's the wisest thing I can do in this situation? They, they understand that you are living today, you are reaping today based on what you sowed yesterday. And you do not reap today what you sowed today. You are simply reaping today what you sowed yesterday. And so life is connected. Life, what I do today affects tomorrow. What I do on Tuesday will affect next week. What I do next week will affect next month and next month, next year. And I don't just get to have these one-night stands or these one-time opportunities or I'm just going to do this in a vacuum. They understand that what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. The second group of people are the simple. Simple means naive. They live like life is disconnected. There's no connection. They live like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That I can make any decision that I want today and it really doesn't affect tomorrow. I, I, I can do today what I want to do and it really has no bearing on next week. And, and what I sow today, really I'm not going to reap tomorrow. I'm just going to kind of live in the moment. I'm just going to kind of do what I want to do and be what I want to be. And here's what's interesting about both of these groups of people. Both the prudent, the wise, who see life as connected, and the simple, the naive, that see life as disconnected. They both see the danger. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust, which means this. There's going to be good days and bad days that happen to good people and bad people that are going to happen to the wise and to the simple to the prudent and to the naive, that, that, that it's going to happen and that you're going to see danger. We all see danger. We all see it coming. We all see there's no way I can keep spending like I'm spending and for it to work out. There's no way I can keep in this relationship for this to be good. There's no way that I can keep doing this and not eventually get caught. There's no way I can keep spinning this wheel or making this deal and it doesn't boomerang back around and catch me. But how they respond to it is completely different. That's the difference between the prudent and between the simple. You see, every time you talk yourself uh, out of exercising, every time that you just think you're going to eat something that you know you're going to regret, every time that you light up the cigarette when you're trying to quit, every time you lie to your spouse, every time you spend money that you don't have, you see danger, but instead of taking refuge, you keep going. Why? Because you know that life is connected, you just don't live like it is. The primary difference between the prudent and the simple is not what they see, but how they respond. The primary difference between the prudent, the Bible says, between the wise and between the simple, is not, it's not what they see, but it's how 
they respond. So how do they respond? Well, first of all, the simple choose to be oblivious to the obvious. Just very simple. Oblivious to the obvious. They see it, but they continue to move ahead. They refuse to act on what they see. They live in the moment. They take no thought for tomorrow. They just have this motto, eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow you may die. Doesn't really matter what happens next week, next month. We'll deal with that when we come to it. And then here's what happens with the simple. When the inevitable becomes unavoidable, they begin to play the blame, the blame game and begin to blame God usually. And these are the kinds of comments. How could God let this happen to me? How could something this bad happen to someone that's good? I'm a good person. I go to church. Where's the love? Where's the forgiveness? Well, first of all, the love is found in the warning in Scripture. The love is found in the fact that God wrote a book called the Bible and gave it to us that it could be a, a lamp into our feet and a light into our path that we could take his words and put them into our lives so that we wouldn't have to get ourselves in these complicated, messy situations. And as for forgiveness, well, experiencing the outcome of a decision has nothing to do with, with forgiveness. Forgiveness and consequences are two entirely different things. It's like someone who murders someone and they, they go to jail. Can they find forgiveness from God for that? Sure. But do they still have to pay the price? Yes, because forgiveness and consequences are, are two totally different things. You see, God works through principles. God's responsible for two things, his promises and his principles. His promises and his principles. You can go to the word of God. That's why, that's why we go back to the word every single week. That's why we preach from God's word every single weekend. Because here's the reality. Is that the promises of his word, the Bible says, are yes and amen. Which means you can go to the bank. They're, 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 they're going to be there. God's going to take care of them. And, and he's going to perform them. And you can go back to God's word and say, God, your word says this. And your word says this. And your word says this. And you can stand on it. You can lean so heavily on God's word that if it were to move, you'd fall. And the principles... The principles uh, uh, make, make life somewhat predictable. They, they make life somewhat uh, being able to go, okay, this is how this works. You know, the Bible says as long as the earth shall endure, there will be seed, there will be time, and there will be harvest. And so a farmer can take corn seed and put it into good soil, and he can expect it to be knee-high by the 4th of July, right? And he can harvest that great sweet corn that we all enjoy in the summertime. Praise God, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You know what I'm talking about? And so he doesn't plant corn and go, oh, I pray it's going to be corn. I hope it's not going to be tomatoes because I don't need tomatoes. I need corn. And we get that when it comes to agriculture. But the same thing is true of our life. Galatians 6, 9, and 10, God is not mocked for whatever man sows. That's what he reaps. And if you sow to the whirlwind, you will reap from the whirlwind, which means if you sow your wild oats, they're going to come back to bring a harvest into your life. And so the fact is, is that God's promises and his principles are intact. And he's responsible to make sure that he keeps his promises and his principles. And God works through principles. Let me tell you something. Principles from God's word, not the practices, but principles are true anywhere in the world. This last week, I, I've, been in, I've been in Europe and mostly in, I've been in the U.K., and working with church planters. And so we've met with church planters in Liverpool. We met with church planters in Cardiff. We met with church planters in Bristol. 
and flew out Sunday evening and then flew back on Friday. And, and the reality is, is I was able to tell your story, the Life Church story, and I wasn't just talking about the practices that work in Germantown. I wasn't, they, they couldn't say, well, that's just great because the people in Wisconsin are so awesome and they're so incredible and it just works all the time in and, and, and Wisconsin and, and Milwaukee's such a great city and, and, and you guys have the Brewers and you got the, the Packers and the way he talks about the Bucks, but you got, you got all of that, right? <laughs> And, and I love the bucks. And, and, and the reality is, is no, because God's word is, is precepts from God's word. Are there principles that you can live by? And those principles work, whether you're in Shanghai, you're in Singapore, you're in Sydney, you're in Sao Paulo, you're in Sacramento, you're in Sussex. It doesn't matter. They work because it's God's word. That's how he works. That's the reason why we take the word of God and we feed on the word of God. We take the word of God and we teach it to our children. That's what the Bible says. If you take a child and train them up in the way they'll go, when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Principles of his word. And then I hear people say, yeah, but there's exceptions. And I know this person, blah, 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 blah. And they smoked every day of their life from, 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 from the time that they were a week old to the time they were 95 and they didn't die of cancer. They got hit by a Mack truck, Right? Because they couldn't see anymore. Whatever. And, 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 and they did this and nothing happened. What about exceptions? Well, there are exceptions. Kind of like a lottery winner. And exceptions usually get the press. Kind of like a lottery winner. And if you want to aspire to live your life to be the single exception, go ahead and be my guest. But understand, it's an exception. And, and it makes about as much sense as you playing the odds and taking your retirement money and going to Vegas and betting it on red. I'm telling you, at the end of the day, it's an exception. But God's word works through principles. So what do I do? How do I get guidance? What does this passage say to me to help me have this application of guidance or direction in my life? I'm going to give you a statement. This is the construct that that I was talking about from Andy Stanley that's just a great, great, great statement. It's going to be up on the screen for a minute. The prudence see danger and they change. They change. They do something about it. Because they know two things. First of all, decisions determine direction. Decisions determine direction. And direction, not intention, determines destination. Decisions determine direction. And directions determine destinations. So the decisions that I make will determine the direction of my life. And the direction of my life, not my intentions, will determine where I wind up. Let me explain this. The decisions that I make, I want to go to Disney World. Who doesn't want to go to Disney World? Okay, and I want to be there, and I want to go. And so I book a hotel at Disney World, and I buy clothes for Disney World, and I get everything ready for Disney World, and I pack up the car, and I make a decision that I'm going to Disney World. But the bottom line is, is that I get in my car, and instead of going south out of Milwaukee, I get on 43 North. How many of you know I can think about Disney World? I can be dressed for Disney World. I can have hotel reservations at Disney World. But I'm not going to go to Disney World. I'm going to Escanaba. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and you, I meet people that go, 
but I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to do this, but how did I wind up here? I, I, I want to I do this, and I want to do this, and I want, but how did I wind up here? And I, because your direction in life will determine your destination, not your intentions. The prudent see the danger, and they make a change. And that decision to change determines, the destina- determines their direction. And then their direction, not their intention, will determine the ultimate destination of their life. They make the change. Have the awkward, honest conversation with a friend or a family member. They make the change. They cut up the credit cards. Change their phone number. Break up. Move out. Find new friends. Set the alarm and go to church on Sunday. Empty the liquor cabinet. Join a 12-step group. Take the family on a vacation. Make the appointment to set up with a counselor. Cancel the internet. Sell the television. Whatever you have to do, make the change. And you go, but that sounds extreme. I mean, that just sounds really like, like, like preachy extreme. You know what? We all know people that if they would give anything they could, if they could roll back time, and make that change, make that decision, make that difference of destination, of direction in their life. That we all know people who would give anything if they could rewind their lives and do any number of one of those things to avoid the situation and circumstances that they find themselves in today. Wish they would have cut off that relationship before it destroyed their marriage. Wish they would have cut up their credit cards before they found themselves losing their house. Wish they would have... Have, have stuck it out and, 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 and just stayed true to what they believed instead of selling themselves out for this, that, and the other. And today, they were living life on intentions. To use a John Bon Jovi phrase, they were living on a prayer and not living life with direction. And they wound up at a destination that they totally didn't plan for, they totally didn't think about. And they want to know why. And it's because the decisions determine direction and direction, not intention, determines destination. And if you are prudent enough, if you're smart enough, if you're willing to do whatever it is that you have to do, extreme enough, if you would, to make those changes... There's two things that will happen. There's two things that you can expect from change. I'm going to give you these two things. One is embarrassment. That kind of sounds odd, but embarrassment. Because when you make a radical change, it will seem to the simple, to the naive, that you're overreacting. And you'll have friends and family members go, really, do you have to be that radical? Really, do you have to cut off the internet? Really, do you have to cut off the... Do you really have to say no to this person? Do you really have to do this? Do you think this is a little rash? Do you think this is a little like... I mean, do you really? Because to them, it will seem like, man, you are so overcompensating. You are so overreacting to the situation. The difference is, is that you see danger and you're making a change. You're changing your direction. You're not wishing your may, wish you might, have this wish you wish tonight, somewhere over the rainbow. You're not wishing your life away. You're making directional changes in your life that will determine your destination. And to the simple, that will seem way too over the top. I heard the story of a guy in uh, North Atlanta who um, bought and built a $40,000 lit billboard in the middle of a forest, just a few years ago. 
You could barely see it from the small highway that was around it. Middle of the forest. Imagine this for a second. Huge billboard. Freeway-style billboard. Fully lit. Spent $40,000 and put it in the middle of this forest. His friends thought he was nuts. You're crazy. What are you doing? Weeks went by. Months went by. Fully lit, $40,000 billboard. Year went by. Fully lit, $40,000 billboard. Middle of this forest. Nobody's there. What they didn't know is that he knew what was being planned. The Department of Transportation decided we're going to put the largest freeway going out of North Atlanta through that forest. Six mile stretch of forest. And we're going to deem it a billboard free freeway. So that no billboards or advertisers can build along that corridor unless they already exist Thus, they are grandfathered in by law. So he now has the only lit billboard on the largest freeway going out of North Atlanta. See, at the moment, it looked extreme. At the moment, it looked crazy. At the moment, they thought he was nuts. Now, he's making so much stinking money, he doesn't have to work. I mean, that billboard brings in so much because he has the only one there. So when you make a decision to see danger... And to change the direction that will determine your destination, it may seem extreme in the moment. It may seem somewhat embarrassing, especially to the simple. And the second expectation from the change is relief. Relief. Because your future is based on God's principles, not on your own ideas. Your future is based upon God's word, not upon a whim. And all of a sudden, with security and with confidence, you're able to live your life. Plan your future. Put things together that bring peace that passes all understanding. Today, I, I, I want to end our time together. Whether you're watching online, whether you're at the West Campus or at the Germantown Campus, and I just want to connect a dot. Because I know there's some of you in this room, and what I'm talking about this weekend, it, 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 it makes it you're kind of parlaying or overlaying this over the top of decisions that you're making and choices that you've made, maybe even some regrets. And, and I don't need, you don't need me to connect the dots for you. But there may be those of you that are here, and, and what you're saying is, is man, um, you know, I, I've made some decisions in my life uh, that determine a direction And I look up, and I'm like that guy wanting to be in one place, wanting to be in Disney World, and I'm actually going to Escanaba. And spiritually speaking, that's a scary place to be. Because you make a decision that, you know what, I don't have a problem with God, and and church is okay, and I really am not trying to, but I never really thought, and I haven't really given time to consider. But as you've been talking, and I'm in church... Maybe you're here because of the baptism. Maybe you're here because of a whole host of things. And you're evaluating your life. And you didn't really intend to be where you are. You just are there. But after looking at Proverbs 27, 12, you realize that when it comes to your spiritual choices, at least, you've been simple and naive and you've seen danger and you just continued on. And you have a choice and a decision to make today. 
Are you going to just keep going in that direction? Are you just going to keep moving in that direction? Are you going to stop, count the cost, take this crossroad, and make a decision that will ultimately alter the direction of your life? And that direction will ultimately destine you to heaven. Because make no mistakes, friends. We all will stand before God, and we'll all give an account of our life. And going to church doesn't save us. Knowing the pastor or the priest doesn't save us. Being baptized into the church doesn't save us. Now, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10, when I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is who the Bible says that he is, then I am saved. When I say, God, forgive me and come into my heart and come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. When you make that decision, it alters and changes the direction of your life. And that direction, not your intentions, not your wishing and your wanting and your trying, and I'm going to be good, I'm going to do better. It, the Bible says that's is a filthy rags inside of a holy God because none of us are righteous, no, not one. But my direction based on my decision to follow Jesus is what's going to determine where I spend eternity. So if you're here today, and you say, man, that's where I'm at. And I, I want to make a decision tonight to change my direction that will ultimately change the destination of my life. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm going to ask everybody, if you'd bow your head and close your eyes, just for reverence and respect to the other people that are in this room. And if that's you, you go, man, Aaron, I want to, I want to give my life to Christ today. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand, just put it up and back down in just a minute. And then what we're going to do is we're going to pray together. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to put a microphone in your face. I'm just simply going to pray with you. Because God's word says that when you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Maybe you're watching this online. Right where you are, make a choice. Make a decision that will determine the rest of your life that will determine and set your direction, that will ultimately determine your destination. So here's the time. If you're here, in this, if you're here today and you go, man, Aaron, that's where I'm at. I want to just make that decision to follow Jesus. I just want you to slip, slip up your hand. Just up and back down. Thank you. Anybody else? Thanks. Thanks. Anybody else? That's where you are, man. Am I going to embarrass you? I just want to give you an opportunity. Thank you. Here's what I want us to do. I, I want those of us in this, in, in this place that you are a Christ follower. I'm going to ask you to lend your voice with those that are praying this prayer, maybe for the very first time, to ask Jesus Christ to come in their heart and into their life. And then I'm going to conclude that prayer with just a prayer for all of us that God will continue to give us wisdom to be prudent and wise and not to be simple and naive. Would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, I ask you, to come into my heart, to come in my life and be my personal Lord and Savior. I make a decision today to follow you, Jesus. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, all my unrighteousness, my past, my failures, my mistakes and be my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord, I pray right now for every person in this room 
God, if we could go back to 17 again, even if we've lived a good life, there's just some things that we've learned. That at 17, we don't have the life experience to know what we know now. And God, we can't do that. But what we can do is take the word that we've heard today, your word, and apply it to our lives. So I pray, help us today to be people that when we see danger, we don't just keep going and just think, well, somehow it'll work out. But we stop. We evaluate it. We ask that question, what's the wisest thing for me to do? We make the change, even if it feels extreme. That we don't roll the dice, play the odds, and try to be the exception. But lean not to our own understanding, but acknowledge you, Lord, your principles and your promises. And that we stand on your word and live our life in that way. Raise our children that way. Make the choices, whether it's our jobs, whether it's our finances, whether it's our relationships, and this fashion. I pray give your people wisdom in every situation and circumstance. You know, even as I'm praying right now, there's someone and you are just really, really, really having to make a tough decision. And I just want you to know that God knows that. I don't know who you are. I don't know what decision that you're making. But you feel like it's insignificant, that maybe God doesn't care, that it's just there are people dying in the world and there are people that are hurting in the world and there are people with bigger problems, but this is a big, big, big deal to you. I just want you to know, God just stopped this service just for a minute to let you know that he cares about you, that he knows you by name. And that the situation that you're going through and the decision that you're walking through, that let peace be your guide, that it's a big deal to you and that God is concerned about it. And he will give you wisdom and guidance and direction. I don't know who you are, but whoever you are in this room, just take that and know that God just kind of stopped this service just for a minute, just to drop that in my heart to share with you. That, that, that he cares right where you are and that he listens. And don't think that anything is too, too small for him to move. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, for what the book of Corinthians talks and calls a, a word of knowledge, Lord, a, a word of revelation, a word of insight. And whoever that is, Lord, I just pray let them leave here today knowing, God, that you, you are at work, that you care. And to let the peace of God that passes all understanding and your word rule their life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord praise for those that made a decision to follow Christ? Amen.